Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Don't Spoil the Ending. I'm your host, Joe, and with me today, Nick. And hi, I'm John. Great. How are we both today? Fantastic. I'm not too well. Dying a bit with hay fever. Well, I think it's hay fever. Could be something worse, I don't know, but yeah, yeah not, not well at all. I've, so. I've never had hay fever, and then I swear this weekend I've randomly got Hey, Well, I think the pollen count is higher, like higher than it ever has been before. I've never been. I've in never history. been this, in history here. Well, like, I've never been this ill before. With last, it. last year was the first time I experienced hay fever, so like you do just get it. Great. Some, like some people sometimes just get don't have it anymore as well. Yeah. Don't they? Just some are just a write off now. Am I, am I just? Have I yeah. got this forever now? Well, some, summer's finished now anyway, I think. It was from like Thursday to Saturday, wasn't it? So summer's done and dusted. Yeah, true. The sun's gone. Yeah. Well, it's been a nice few days, hasn't it? <laughs> yep, yep. Nice three-day yep. summer mm, in April. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're into autumn in April. There's been yep. snow this month as well. There's supposed yeah. to be more snow <clears throat> coming as well. Blimey. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's for the uh, Don't Spoil the Weather podcast. Mm, I just apologise for my choking and coughing on the pod. So yep. Makes, yep. makes a change. Yeah. <laughs> Don't normally apologise for that. <laughs> 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 yeah, good. Um, yeah, this week we're going to talk about Bioshock. So that's our main thing this week. Yep. Uh, the collection was recently on the PlayStation Store for like, what, £12? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't Which it? Eleven ninety nine. Steel. Absolute bargain, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as someone who never played the games, it was great for me to go and play all of those games over the last few weeks. Um, Rumours of Bioshock 4 have leaked out in the last few days, which is after we decided to do this podcast and before we actually recorded it. So that was yeah. good timing. So we've got something else to speculate on. Um, can I ask you about that now, or do you want to wait till we get to Bioshock? I mean, you, can, you can wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you politely wait. and then Remind me about that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but should we should we cover and box off all the other stuff that we want to talk about this week? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to start with TV? Have we got any TV this week? I, I, I want to mention something I've been watching on Netflix. Mm. Bojack Horseman. Have you have you have you heard of it? I've heard of it. It's an animated show. It is an animated show. Um, well, I say it's on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original or anything, but it's it's on there. All of it. Um, or is yeah. it? Um, but um, the reason I bring it up is like I didn't watch it for ages because like I thought it was. Gonna, do you know Archer? Have you seen the, the cartoon Archer? No. Well, I know like, the Archers, but I don't think it's related. <laughs> no, um, it's an animated one called Archer, and I was—I just couldn't get into it. I didn't find it funny that much at all. It's supposed to be that funny. I thought Bojack Horseman was just going to be the same thing, but you're going into it, and then even though it's like an animated horse, like a humanoid horse, and then like there's just loads of like like humanoid cats and stuff like that. Um, um, like it's not actually. It is funny at times, but like it's more like a drama. Like you're watching this horse, which is like having like almost like a midlife crisis, and um, just kind of dealing with like being a bit of a washed out celebrity. Um, it's <laughs> and like it's got those proper feel times in the in the series, like bringing them feels. Yeah, like like coming towards like the end of a season, like you you'll be starting going, bloody hell, that's that's hit me yeah. right where it hurts. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a high recommend. Is it a recommend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of feels, I started This Is Us this past week. Oh. Um, I accidentally signed up to Prime again, which mm. I've done before. But this time I just thought, yeah, I've got a month old. I'll just use it. So, yeah, I had a look at the first episode of that. It's been highly praised by this podcast in the past and also everyone else I've spoke to who's watched it. And, 
yeah, I went into it thinking, expecting a lot. First half of it, I was like, okay, I can see where this is going. This is this is all right. And then like sort of the, the second half and then sort of the end of the first episode, I was like, yep, I'm hooked here. Um, mentioned it to Sam, who's not on the show this week, uh, that, yeah, that was really good, really good episode. And he said, that's just the hook. It's for episode one. He said, you just have to keep watching it now. But I could have, episode one could have been a, like you could have made that into a film. I I think like the the stuff that happens in that episode, yeah. like it's obviously you'd have to you have to like expand on a lot of it. But the the arc that happens in that episode could have been made into a film. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> bit of the acting for me occasionally was a bit felt a bit overacted. But I don't know whether that's just me getting used to a new TV show. But yeah, I I John, I know you've not watched it yet, but I, I recommend watching that. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> At least give an episode one a go. Yeah, I will check it out at some point. Yeah. I don't know why I'm just totally off TV at the moment. Like, yeah, just TV show. All the Westworld series two starting soon, but I'll, yeah. I'll watch that. But is that the beginning of next week, that now. Or? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Should we should we should we segue on to Westworld? Like, yeah, I want to talk about Westworld. Okay. Um, yeah. The the uh, producers have came out recently and put a poll up, probably on Twitter or Reddit. I can't remember one of those, but. They came out saying, do you want us to spoil the show beforehand? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate the idea of that. So they want to, I think what they want to do is avoid what happened with Game of Thrones last year, yeah. where everybody pretty, not everybody, but <clears throat> a lot of people watched some of the episodes nine days in advance, yeah, yeah. which is, you know, I managed to watch one of those episodes well in advance and then regretted watching it because I watched it in like 480p. And it was the best episode of the season. And I wished I'd watched it in HD when it actually came out. Yeah. Um, I think they want to avoid that by releasing all the spoilers in a video that explains everything, including all plot twists, in a, in a short video before the season even starts. The reason I think they've done it is, I think it's a bit different maybe. Do you remember the whole Man in Black thing in Series 1? How everyone was speculating early on about the Man in Black and you know what his connection is, that kind of thing. And I feel like... Th- they might think that that ruined it for a lot of people because a lot of people found out the twist way too early because everyone was speculating yeah, yeah. about it. I feel like they're saying now, like, right, look, we'll we'll tell you now what the twists are, so you can have one camp of people here who who care about that stuff, could confirm the twists and stuff like that, but don't tell anybody. You know, we've literally told you the spoilers. Don't tell it to anybody else, kind of. Do you know what I mean? I t- so yeah, that everybody yeah. who doesn't want them can go in completely fresh. Then that's that's. I I agree with that. Um, the way I look at it though is they will say that however they just don't want it to get leaked out anyway yeah <clears throat> so I think I think it's probably both yeah like reasons. a two pronged kind of thing yeah, right? yeah. but I, I still hate the idea of spoiling a TV show before it even comes out even like John me and you differ on that completely whereas you're quite happy with spoilers beforehand I mean I'll be honest generally. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't look at the spoilers I'm happy yeah. for them to release them and tell people but I would not look at them personally yeah See, my, my thoughts are that once that information gets released into the wild on the internet, there'll be no avoiding. Yeah, like, do you think? You'll not be able to avoid it. And if, if you have avoided it, they're not very good spoilers, so it's it's going to be not a very twisty show. Yeah. So if it's a big twist that's coming, you you want to be blindsided by it. You don't want to just <clears throat> have someone tell you it. And then yeah. if, but that's that's the other side of that is if you don't find out, then there's nothing worth finding out. So you'll just watch it and go, well, that was disappointing. Yeah. I'm watching Westworld for the twists, to be honest. That's you know, and I suppose with the best will in the world, I I would have that intention of right. The spoilers are out there, but I'm not going to read about them and find out. 
but you can guarantee one day in the office we'll be talking about it and like John will be like, oh, I just read on, on the internet that Steven Spielberg is the man in black. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yep, yep, cheers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so even if even if you're intent on not knowing, not knowing them, I'm sure at some point you'll probably have it yeah, yeah. spoiled for you. Yeah. John's called it here first. Steven Spielberg is the, the man, man in black. The man, man in black. black. <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. Well, that'll start again soon. I'm, I am I honestly have never been... L- less hyped about a new oh, really? uh, second season like, oh, I'm not the, hyped about it at all because I think they're going to ruin it the yeah. closer we get to it now I'm like yeah I can't wait for this actually I mean uh, yeah, Jonathan I'm, Nolan still so I'm just worried it's not going to live up the trailer for me didn't look like it had much maybe, maybe they've mm. just uh, shown you like the very bare minimum though I hope which so which is why you're feeling that way about it I hope it's diff that that is the case because usually these days you watch a trailer and you feel like you've watched the full film yeah, yeah. Like, said it before about Deadpool. Like all the best jokes are in the trailer, though. Like, so you watch the trailer, laugh yeah. at the jokes, and then when you watch the film, you're like, oh, they're all. I know all these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so, hopefully, they're not gave. Hopefully, they've got more backed away. Though. I think they have. I think they've got a few. Like, like we mentioned, they wouldn't be saying we'll tell you the spoilers now if there weren't big twists to come. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think there's got to be some good stuff to come. Yeah, I just think it'll be unavoidable once once if they do come out. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, discussed. We we were toying with the idea of doing a spin-off pod for that, weren't we as well? But oh yeah, yeah. another DC present. Yeah. Mm. But whether we'll have the time to do that is a different story. But could maybe do it a bit different. Maybe if we don't we could do like bulk bulk episodes, you know, like three episodes in one or yeah, something like that. Maybe, maybe. Like, yeah, like a roundup or something. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. or just cover it on the main show whenever we. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we'll all be up to date. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that's. That's all I wanted to cover with TV. You all done with TV? Yeah. yeah Shall all. we move on to films? Sounds good. I've John, got... I know you got a list. <clears throat> Only got a few to burn through. Have you got anything you want to do first, Nick? Or I've got a few films. You happy for me just to burn through these? Yeah, They'll only be quick. Uh, first of all, I've watched the uh, the Ring films, the US remakes, which is like The Ring from 2003, I think, The Ring 2, and Rings, the new one. When's, when did that come out? Uh, last year. I didn't even realise they'd done a new ring film. Yeah. It, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord well. of the Rings, yep. Yeah, yeah. the Two Towers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the Ring, the Two Towers. Yeah, yep. that's my favourite one. Yeah, that was good, yeah. Uh, the Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, Dead Ringers, good. the UK TV series. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. It's quite a big quite a big franchise, this yep. one. Though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ring, though, still a few good, like, Shots in there, a few good jump scares. They don't really work on a rewatch, do they? But it's got a few good scares in there. But I would forgot just how boring the middle of the film is, where they do all the investigating and stuff like that. And they're like, "Oh, let's find out what's going on with this and find out about the girl." It's like, oh, it's so boring. Uh, give that three first one three stars. The Ring Two, even more boring than the first one. Just, just investigate for the whole film. Hardly anyone dies in it. Give that two stars. <laughs> not enough deaths. Yeah, two stars. Not a big enough body body count for it. Uh, rings actually better than I thought it was going to be the new one, and it introduces a lot of like interesting ideas that it kind of throws away without even like looking into it. The film has an idea of like it's become like almost like a cult kind of thing where at this college kids watch the videotape for like kicks kind of thing because they know they're going to get somebody else to watch it before the end of the seven days, and it. It's like this weird cult of everyone who's watched it and they've got people then to, to copy it for and for them to watch it. And it's just, I think that's a really cool idea, you know, that, like, you, you can basically... There's no real threat there if you copy the film and pass it on, you know what I mean? But 
so that's a cool idea that they do nothing with. They just drop that about a third of the way into the film. And it turns into a girl just investigating the background, <laughs> uh, which is pretty boring. But uh, that was pretty good. Uh, and the film starts as well with a, a, a cool concept of someone who's watched the film a week ago. And they're on an airplane flight. Like, you know, the idea of... Uh, being Samara. on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know the idea of an airplane. Being in the air, yeah. Right. Uh, you know the idea of Samara comes a week later to kill you after you've watched the film. Uh, and this plays with the idea of what happens if you've watched the film seven days ago, but now you're on a plane flight somewhere, and, like, it shows, you know, like, Samara coming for this person on a plane kind of thing and crashing the plane and stuff. So I actually think it's a cool idea. Like the <laughs> Taking the plane down. Pretty much, yeah. With she, all the other people on it. She kills everyone on the plane, pretty Maybe much. None of them are teeing the video? Yeah, but they're just tough looking at it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just like the idea of just stuff like that, where like they come up with a concept, mm. but then you twist it with the sequels, you know, like, oh, what happens if you're on a plane? What happens if there's a big cult of people watching the video? But yeah, they've been all off about a third of the way. You know? <laughs> what if you watched it on a group viewing, right? Well, I've um, thought this. What if one of you watches it at the same time? So you, she can't be in both places at once. Well, she's she's a ghost. Maybe she can be. I mean, I but, know nothing of the the Ring series or the Ring, the original stuff. Like, I've I've been meaning to watch it one day, but I just I just haven't got round to it. Yeah. But what so what is it? She a ghost or? She's a ghost. Yep. A ghost who crawls out of the TV. Yep. Which is a, the, cool, the image a creepy that, concept. It's, like, yeah. it's a creepy context, and then when you see, I've seen footage. <laughs> I've seen real footage. Now I've seen like footage from the film where she actually crawls out the TV, mm. and it is quite. Quite yeah, scary looking. I'll just mention. I think is it Japanese or Korean? The original Japanese, uh, the original Japanese one is terrifying. Still, I think like, the, the imagery in the film and stuff is amazing. Is that the best one? The best one, definitely. The, the original remakes, Japanese one. Yeah, the US remakes don't do it justice whatsoever. But is this similar to how the Grudge was? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Pretty much the same thing entirely. The Grudge Korean was that. I'm sure that was Japanese. Was it? it might not be. Yeah. Uh, what you but need to, what that, you need to do you need to watch the Ring the Japanese. Ring series and the Grudge series, and then you need to watch the Ring versus the Grudge. Oh yeah, they've done like a Japanese, oh, which, yeah. yeah, like Freddie B. Jason. Yeah, it was, it was a terrible film. But like, <laughs> it's just a laugh in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I've not actually seen that yet, but I do want to watch that. It's like Sadako versus Grudge Girl or whatever. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's the Ring series. Yeah, it's perfectly fine and inoffensive. 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 <laughs> okay. Just one other thing. I rewatched the Disaster Artist, which I've covered in detail on the uh, on the solo part. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to mention it. It's a good film. It's, yeah, it's entertaining. Worked more as a comedy for me in a rewatch than like as a like a biopic drama yeah. kind of thing. It's just just a funny film. Just some of the lines in it. I don't know if you watched it. Nick? I have. Yeah. Like uh, the bit when he turns up. Uh, Tommy Wiseau turns up to pick up Greg Sestero at the start of the film. And he's like, why, why are you hanging around with kids and all this? Like, he's hanging, playing football with, like, 10-year-old kids. Mm. And uh, Greg's like, oh, you've got a great car. You know, none of my mates have got a car like this. He's like, yeah, because you're hanging around with a little kid. <laughs> you know, just, like, little, little funny bits like that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. And, like, the bit with the mum, uh, Greg's mum, she's implying that Tommy is interested in Greg for more than just friendship kind of thing. And uh, Tommy's like, I'm Greg's age, I'm, I'm 19. And she's like, oh yeah, I just turned 14. It's like, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> 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 and like uh, one bit when he uh, approaches Judd Apatow in the, in the restaurant, Judd Apatow plays like uh, a big movie producer. And he approaches him and he's trying to get him to give him a film part. And Judd Apatow's like, you will not be a film star in a million years. And Tommy's like, well, what about after that? <laughs> <laughs> 
just a few funny bits in it. But yeah, it's still a really good film. Uh, I don't think you've watched it yet. I've not seen it. No. I think you'd like it. James Franco, Seth Rogen, he's good in it. Yeah, check it out. Will do, will do. Yep. Sounds good. That's um, me done. No more films? No? Yep. Nick? I wanted to mention a few. Like, Well, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, because I know you spoke about it on the pod before. Uh, the Red Turtle. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm and, dying to watch that. I nearly bought it on Blu-ray recently, but now I've accidentally bought Prime, I can watch it on there. You can watch it on there. But like um, I'm, like I say, I'm not going to go into details, but as, I'm, as you, I'm sure you're aware, it's a, it's a pretty much a silent film. There's, well, when I say silent film, there's sound. No dialogue. There's, there's no but dialogue. It's, it's in all the in the music and the sound yeah. design. Yeah, but it's it's such a good film. Like I've, It's about, about an hour and a half long or something, and I thought, oh, not a chance. I'm going to be able to sit for an hour and a half of no dialogue. But I was completely glued to the telly like the entire time. It's it's such a good film, and like yeah. the message that like is quite a good one as well. To be fair, is is it a Ghibli film or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. He's recently died, hasn't he? The the original I can't remember his name, but ah, he's right. the founder of Studio Ghibli. He's died recently. Um, in in the Red Turtle, like the way, I think I mentioned it on the pod previously, but what I took from it was that it's almost like how man rebels against nature kind of thing. But nature's giving you literally all you need to live. Yeah. But it's man's nature to rebel against it. And as you get older and more mature, you just accept it and just go with it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Iseo Takahata um, died in April, which is... Oh. He's the founder of Studio Ghibli. Died at 82. Oh. So I believe this Red Turtle film, it's the first Studio Ghibli film which was made for the British. You know, in like... Instead of it like being made for like the, would it be Japanese? Asian, yeah. The Asian, Asian, market. Asian market. This one was actually made for the, the English market. It was like the Western du- market or the market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a Dutch or Danish director once. I think you did yeah. it. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, like that. That's a classic class film. Um, probably four, four and a half out of five. I'd rate that quite high. Yeah. I wanted to talk about another one, which is on the other end of the spectrum. Um, Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh, <laughs> Have yeah. you seen the first one? Yep, love um, the first one. No, yeah, well, it's got Idris Elba in it, um, Charlie Hunnam in the first one. This is, and then this one, it's basically their kids, and it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, yeah. But like, I watched the entire film because I enjoyed it. But like, I was fully aware that it was a terrible film while I was watching it. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. So like, that's just two, two, two and a half out of five. I know when I watch the trailers, like. The part of why I love the, love the first one is it looks amazing. Like Del Toro's eye for like colour and stuff is just makes the first one look incredible. This one doesn't have the same kind of uh, pedigree in terms of how it looks. It looks like a Power Rangers film, basically. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just giant Power Rangers fighting yeah. monsters. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'll check it out at some point. I mean, watch it, but it is awful. It yeah. is a terrible film. Yep. From start to finish. Yeah. yeah. Um. If I can just dart back to Studio Ghibli for a minute. I've had a Ghibli film in my backlog for probably about six years now. Where it's called Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, yeah. I've, heard mm. it. I've never seen it, but I've been told if you watch that and you don't cry, you have no soul. They were literally the words that were told to me. So it's in my backlog because I don't want to find out that I've got no soul. But <laughs> like, that's that's supposed to be one of the best films that has came out of Japan in in. Yeah, I think it was eighties or nineties. It was released, but my understanding is it's it's about two kids in wartime Japan. Um, just you know, that's that's all I I know about it up to now. But I 
I need to watch that. So I might watch that in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on watching a few Studio Ghibli ones. Yeah. Like I've I've only watched um I've watched Howl's Moving Castle, mm. um Spirited Away, and now Red Turl. And they're all three of them are supposed to be massively highly rated. Oh, they're all they're, they're all amazing films, absolutely amazing. But like, there's some like bigger ones which the studio are more well known for. You know, like I think my friend Totoro or something. Uh, my neighbor Totoro. That one. Yeah. Um, I've I've never seen that one, but like that that cat thing that <clears throat> Totoro like, it's quite a popular. Yeah, it's um the cat that can turn into a bus. I think, but it <laughs> that's they, it's got a huge relevance in Japan, like Ghibli yeah. and especially Totoro. Um, when I was playing Persona Five, you, one of the characters is cat, and the cat can also turn into a sort of minivan type right. thing. And <laughs> when they're trying to explain it, basically they're on about how there's a culture in Japan, like the, the they seem to be they seem to like cats and that turn into buses and that was obviously just a reference to, <laughs> yeah, to my name Totoro but I just like the fact that they mentioned it in the game without ne- mentioning yeah, yeah. <laughs> mention it just going yeah for some reason like cats that turn cats into buses bus. <laughs> like, so yeah G- Ghibli's got a huge relevance hasn't it in Japan um, yeah, yeah. yeah and like there's some amazing fit, like that one that you were on about the Grave of the Fireflies like, like I've heard that's amazing as well but I need, to, but like I, I was hoping that like Amazon Prime would have them on there, but they they have literally the Red Turtle and one other, which I don't think I've ever heard of to be honest. But mm. uh, and I don't think Netflix have many of theirs on either. So yeah, I, I I hope the Red Turtles turned your opinion, John, a little bit from these cartoons as you call them. Like. Uh, yeah, well, I only watched the Red Turtle because I like turtles pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what my thinking was. Were you was expecting with that. this is like the fifth teenage ninja mutant? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. But great film, loved it. I think we mentioned it at work earlier this week uh, to Steve. I think it was about Porco Rosso, which is a, a, another Studio Ghibli film about an Italian pig who's like a, a fighter pilot. And I like the idea of that, so I, I want to watch that next. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. So if you put turtles and pigs in these films, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch them. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. these cartoons. Yeah, great, like Babe. I don't like Babe. I don't like Babe. No. There's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to not have tales in it. Um, well, you'll find that like a lot of Studio Ghibli films have like um, um, animals. Well, what's, what's the term you use when it's animals that are like acting like humans? Anthropomorphic. Anthrop- Anthropomorphic. Yeah, like a lot of their films have yeah. that word, animals in it. <laughs> I know, <coughs> sorry. I nearly, got, I nearly got mixed the word mixed up with androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> An androgynous turtle. <laughs> what am I? It probably is a bit androgynous in a in the red turtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, an androgynous amphibian. Yep. Um, is a turtle am- amphibian? It is, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. Not a reptile. No, it's an amphibian. Amphibian. Yeah. We had this argument work about mammals. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's perhaps not get into it. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's maybe not cover that crowd. Um, okay. Well, the films. Got any more, or should we move on? I'm happy to move. I've got no films this week. Last time I watched was Annihilation, which we covered last week. Uh, (laughs) Last week, sadly, weekly. This is, um, (laughs) yeah, it was the last film I watched. I I need to get back onto uh, Mulholland Drive because I wasn't paying enough attention last time, and I got. I I think I mentioned on the podcast, so we'll just leave it. Talking of Mulholland Drive, like just before we move on, um, I don't think I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I watched uh, Blue Velvet. Quite recently, which is another David Lynch work. Trying to, I, I'm looking forward to watching that. It's an amazing film. Yeah, like I'm not, I, I, I won't say anything which will spoil anything, but like it is amazing. Like 
it's it's just the way he makes a film. It's just incredible. <laughs> it's one of his best, if not his best, I think probably. And it's and it's got um um Kyle MacLachlan again. Yeah. In it. So like fans of Twin Peaks will, will be right at home. <laughs> and uh, Laura Dern as well from Twin Peaks. <laughs> And Dennis Hopper plays a guy called Frank, who's like one of the weirdest characters like ever. Like, yeah. you'll love it. <laughs> you will actually love the film. Kyle McLaughlin in it. Yeah, yeah. Jay give two rides. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 it, like it's weird. Blue Velvet. Like when you when you finish it, you can almost imagine it to be a prequel to Twin Peaks. Yeah, you could genuinely right. imagine it to be just a prequel. Even the idea of like the the red room in Twin Peaks is like the red curtains and stuff. This film opens with blue curtains, kind of. You know what I mean? Just the yeah. imagery is so similar to her. Is there any chevrons? Because if there's not, not in this one. That was a razor head, I think. With the chevrons, of course it was. But yeah. 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 Nope. I've never watched a razor head either. To be honest, I've never seen a razor head. No, nope. you've you not either. Nope. Oh. No, it's was his first film. But I believe that is the, the hardest one to watch kind of thing. But I need to buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah. That's the only one I've not seen so far. Even if you didn't like that film, it's probably worth owning that on Blu-ray just because of the way David it's seen. David Lynch, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like speaking of like, top directors, I, I keep thinking about watching Kubrick's full catalogue, like mm-hmm. one after the other in uh, chronological order. Um, so I'm considering doing that. Yeah. I've got the box set if you want to land it. The yes, please. Blu-ray box set. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. What's on that? 2001. It doesn't include a couple of... His first ones were like Paths, Paths of Glory, I think, and Killer's Kiss. They're not in it, but then it's like uh, Barry Lyndon, 2001, Spartacus. Uh, where does it go from there? The Shining, Clockwork Orange. It's like you know, 2001, bang, and then you go... Um, Clockwork Orange, Bang, yeah. like Shining, Bang. Some of the best films that have ever been made. It pretty much it's like every decade he, he did like one of the best films. Yeah. Out, like, yeah. I'd, I'd love to, I don't know if we'll do it, but if we did a show on like the clock, a Clockwork Orange. Oh, definitely. Because be... like, yeah, I'm not saying we definitely do that, but it's like literally they've created a language for that film. So it was like, I know people have done that with the Vulcans and mm. <laughs> random, like Final Fantasy X's got its own made-up language. I know but, what you mean. It's the Droogs who have their own, I can't, yeah. can't think what it's called it's, now. It's, but, well, it's a mix of Russian and English. Yeah. It's like, vidi mine eyes and stuff. And it's like, mm. it's just dead interesting. Like, Should we uh, do a short talk about ga- other games before we move on to the main Yes, thing? let's. Um, games then, this week. Um have we played much? I was going to mention that Football Manager got surprise announced oh, and released God, yeah. on the same day uh, yep. recently. Uh, so that's Football Manager Touch 2018. I'm loving that. Yeah, that's great. Like, yeah. I, I love it. It's like, I looked it up and the mobile version is the very stripped back version. This is the stripped back version, but not too much. And yeah, I've started as Leeds United in the playoffs, John. I'm in December yeah. in the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah, so it's going well. My um, my striker has scored six goals this season, right? Uh, he's my backup striker because my main one was injured. But he scored six goals. They were two hat-tricks. So we, right. He's not scored in any of the games. <laughs> he scored two hat-tricks. So. We need to get a, a better striker, Joe. I've got yeah. two strikers. Scored like... 25 between them, I think, so far. Yeah, so. well, I was going to... Who, who did you start your game with, John? Little-known team, uh, Man City, I think they're called. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I'm uh, taking little, little City up to the top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Have, have you won the league yet? So, yep. yeah. Should have that wrapped up by next next podcast. <laughs> my, my plan is to lead Leeds United to the Premier League mm. and then... Jump ship. Yep. Well, I'm not going to let... Don't, don't let the board know. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
to, to put it in perspective, I've started with a 1.5 million transfer budget. What did you start with? Uh, 68 million. 68 million? Yep. Yeah. And all the players you bought oh, in this season? Have. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Including the January transfer window. Yeah. Got yep. all them. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Great. Yep. Mm. Mm. Got an abundance of fullbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had, um, I started the game where my left back was long term injured. So I had one left back who wasn't great. So that's I, the state I'm in. I feel like this could be a, a podcast of its own. Like, me and Sam thought about doing the this. Ending, manager touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we, we should do that because yeah. me, me and Sam were talking about doing a football manager podcast. Podcast, definitely. Because yeah. he, he's he's just as big of a fan of football yep. manager. Um, other games, have we played much else? It's only one I want to mention. Um, it, um, a co-op game which got released like last week called Away Home. Uh, way out. A way out, sorry. This <laughs> <laughs> great game, I don't know the yeah. name of. <laughs> I mean, it, it was made by a studio that made, um, was it Two Brothers or something? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, they made bro- it's a couple Brothers. Two Brothers. I think it's yeah. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. That, that's that's right. the one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the same studio that made that. Um, I've got that. that, that's really good. Yeah, like that was supposedly a co-op game on it, but you share the pad. Well... The idea of that game is that it can be a co-op, or you can just play them both. It's like one joystick oh, controls right. each brother, so you can just play them both at the same time. Fair like, enough. Yeah, but um, but yeah, um, a, a way out. Um, I've been playing that. Um, I got out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's a, re- a fantastic game. Like, I've really enjoyed. It. I've not completed it yet, but like, I don't even think it's that big of a game mm. and for twenty-four pounds. It's like absolutely amazing um, value for money, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything because, but it's like, do you know, like Until Dawn, where like you're doing like the quick fire um, square things and stuff to try. All like, the quick time events. Yeah, yeah. that kind of, It's got that kind of uh, thing in it. So like you, you'll start legging it away from police or something because you've just escaped prison and uh, you, you'll have to like run and jump over a hole and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's dead exciting. It's, Really good game. It's a couch co-op game in it, so it's like they, there's not many of them that come out where it's designed for you to be sat on a couch with someone. Yeah, play the game, play the game. You, but yeah. but um, lonely people fear not. <laughs> Loners um, fear not. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, fear not. Um, there's an option to play online if 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 you have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play a way out? Do you have no friends and are depressed? <laughs> Well, you can now play online with a way out, <laughs> I could, which I, I can imagine being the worst experience of that game. Yeah. It's I, like, press A. It's like, no. Well, there's these things where, like, you have to open a door and, and like, say, like, oh, like, bar the door open and, like, you'll press R2 and then um, this, like, kind of bar kind of goes round only halfway and the other person has to do it. So you're like, going, oh, can you come over here and do this? I can imagine it would just be awful playing online. Like, so, someone would just be pissing about and you're there going, can you, can you come and help? You know what I mean? You're trying to get yeah. through it and someone else is just being a knob. Yeah, just dicking around. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't bear to play it online, but luckily I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to, to be fair, you only need friend. I have, so... fri- I have friend. <laughs> I have friend to play the game. Luckily I, I have friend. <laughs> All right. I've got one quick one, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, God of War, picked up on Friday. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's amazing. This is, according to Metacritic, the I believe it's the second highest rated game for the PS4. It's the best game for PS4 that's been released in five years. Yeah, I saw like the the early videos of it where it's combat from behind in the third person, and I just thought that doesn't like it's gonna work, but it does. It works really well. Like uh, 
Reminds me of Tomb Raider loads, like Rise of the Tomb Raider. You know, the, the open world aspect to that, where like they just drop you in the map, but you can go anywhere and do anything. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like, basically. Even the look of it with snow everywhere, it looks like Tomb Raider. Well, this is it. Like, this is the first God of War game I've looked at and went, I need to buy that game. Yeah. Like, my, my, I've, I've raised my opinion on this before, where I feel like God of War 1 and 2 were for angsty teenagers who just like nothing more than violence. I was looking at it going, these games are just. I think what, what the appeal of them games for me was, where, where like you can just. You can sit down, and you don't even need to try hard. You just go in, and you've got a fucking massive weapon. You just you just start attacking hordes of enemies, and yeah. that's why I why I like that kind of game. I feel like, I feel like I never, it's God of Teen Angst, though, isn't it? It's just like yeah. oh, I, I come at a bit differently from you guys do. I'm not bothered about story in games. Like I mean, it is ridiculous. Like Kratos is like the most angry person in the ever kind of thing. Yeah. Like in the old games, it'd be like Zeus, I'm gonna fucking rape you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just. just Stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, like, oh, my family, you've been killed. I'm so angry. Yeah. Ooh. Well, fuck you, Zeus. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like the angriest person ever. But actually, no, that's the large play. The actual game controls and combat is amazing. But the new one is again totally different, a bit more, bit more mature. But Kratos is still a dick in it. Like, uh, I, I've heard that the um, the development of <laughs> what he calls boy, <laughs> it's like boy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I've heard the development of that character is really good and like. He's got this other child who is the gist of it that he's went into Greek mythology now because he's so oh, sorry he's in Norse now. Yeah, isn't he? it was a Greek. It was the god of war. From yeah, Greek mythology. He's moved into Norse mythology because he's yeah. murdered everyone in Greek mythology. The Greek mythology. Like, I love the idea of that. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, it is a pretty cool idea. Like the game starts with him being, being uh, in like Norway or something. Yeah, and uh, the Norse gods have learned learned that he's there in hiding. So the Norse gods are like, right, go and sort this fucking Spartan god out. So it, I imagine by the end of the game, it like wiped out Nor- Norse mythology as well, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 looking forward to that. I've, I've I've seen the first sort of half an hour of the game. Yeah, looks it looks amazing. Again, like Kratos is a dick in it, but the gameplay is just so good that it's definitely worth. Getting. Well, the, the 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 clips I've seen were literally the start of the game. You, you click start game, and you see Kratos stood there next to a tree. And he's got an axe. Yeah. Just cuts the tree down and then just picks the tree up on his shoulder. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I'm I'm that's gonna be the first God of War game I play. I'm probably only God of War game yeah. I'm ever gonna play. I'm gonna pick that one up and yeah. like and pay day, I think. It's very it's rare for me to want to pick up a game for fifty quid where I think the last one I bought for fifty quid was near or automator. And this one's making me think <laughs> I need this game. <laughs> and like on your thing you will get value for money from it because the old games are like 10 hours 15 hours long this one's like 25 30 40 hours kind yeah of yeah i think main story was supposed to be 25 yeah and then you can do, obviously do the extras yep just one final point i really feel like sony now have carved out like a niche for like april releases like triple a quality games like this year god of war you know it's been rated off the chart last year it was that horizon Water, zero dawn. Water, water, yeah, zero dawn. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Everyone, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, everyone loved that. Said it was the best game ever. The year before that, Uncharted Four came out in April as well. Yeah. So I really feel like they've got this niche now of nailed. Yeah, releasing yeah. their big exclusive games in April and like just just wiping the floor with the, the competition kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm not, I'm not going to go into my games. I've literally bought Peggle the Magical Edition, <laughs> which I loved Peggle One on the PC. So. For me, get I was in the sale. I got it for like three quid. And I was yeah. like, I love this game. It's great. so good. Peggle, Peggle right? <laughs> Honestly, like, on, like it's a, it's a, it's just a, it's like a pachinko machine, isn't it? Where it's yep. just you <clears throat> fire a ball and just like 
try and hit the orange stuff. It's great. I, I got Peggle 2 back on the Xbox One when I first got it, and I just spent months playing it. It's, like, it's amazing. Like, yep. For 350, I was like, this. I'm going to get hours out of this game. Yeah. I, love, so, I love the fact that they try and put, they try and put a storyline into it, though, <laughs> with, with, with that like um, unicorn guy and stuff again. Yeah. Bjork or something. <laughs> yeah, Bjorn or, yeah, Bjorn or Bjork, the unicorn. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a, a, one of the levels has got one of the old characters from Peggle 1 as the background. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Look, it's the owl. Peggle <laughs> literally just says like, you know, there's, there's that guy. <laughs> so yeah, been having fun with Peggle. Um, been on Sims Four again. Made a treehouse. It was great. Pe- the, Sims Four. They're releasing a lot of DLC for that on, yeah. on PlayStation. It just it bothers me because Sims Four is a fleshed out enough game where you can go right. That that's a good game for thirty pounds. But then when they start releasing all the extra stuff and it's like eight quid for twenty items maybe, and I'm looking at it going, I can't. I'm not. Can't justify spending this amount of money on sim stuff. Yeah, like I think for the full thing now, you must be spending like eighty quid on DLC if you wanted everything. Yeah, They're constantly releasing new stuff. But even so, like I've not bought any of it, and I'm loving the game. Like, back on that. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've spent most of my time playing our main feature of the week, Bioshock yeah. <clears throat> the Collection. Which came out. Great little segue yeah. there, Joe. Thanks. Uh, so that's Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, uh, Bioshock Infinite, and it's got Buried at Sea on it, as well yeah. as some of the other DLC. I think most of the DLCs kind of throw away, not needed for the, the story, except Buried at Sea. So yeah, Burial at Sea is definitely part Is it Burial of... or Buried? I think it's Burial, bur- 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 yeah. Yeah, Burial at Sea is probably the only story one, mm. which I kind of wish they never made after I played it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I loved it. Well, we'll come to that. Right. How should we structure this? Should we start with Bioshock 1 and then move through? Or? Let's move, do, start at the beginning and work through. Let's, start, let's yeah. start with Bioshock I, 1. I reckon, I think, personally, I can talk about Infinite a lot more than I could about the other two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. I'll well, just mention a full disclosure. We've all bought the game with the uh, new remastered version. Yeah. But I've not played them yet. I played them back in 2013, but not since. So yep. my memories will be a bit hazy. So I've never played. Yeah, full disclosure. Then. Yeah. I, I've um, I've played never played Bioshock until like three weeks ago, and I smashed through the main games for the first first two and Infinite, and then I did Buried at Sea. I didn't bother <coughs> with any DLC. Yeah. Um, other than yeah, other than that, Buried at, Burial at Sea. Burial at Sea. Yeah. yeah. Nick, what, what have you played recently and what what have you Well, played? years ago, I, I, I tried my hand at Bioshock 1. Um, didn't get that into it, um, so I stopped about halfway through. Never played 2. Infinite, I played and was glued to it and smashed it years ago. Um, and then just very recently, I've gotten quite a way through Bioshock 1, but I've still never played Bioshock 2. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> oh, and, and t- sorry, talking about the Infinite DLC, I've played both of them, um, but I've, I've one of them I never completed because I didn't like it. Yeah, we'll 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 come on to that. Um, Bioshock One, then let's go back to that. Go to that one. Bioshock One, you um, pretty much you have a plane crash at the start, land near a lighthouse. Yeah, you <clears throat> swim to the lighthouse. Yep, yep. Get in there, and then you get transported to Rapture, which is. An underwater city at the bottom of the ocean. Um, it's the North Atlantic. It's the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I found I found a, a secret in Burial Sea, where it was it was the sea between England and the US. So that's the Atlantic Sea, right? So literally, 
Oh, sorry, that's not Rapture. Yeah, that's Columbia. Ignore that. <laughs> the, basically, Columbia floats above there, so right. I wouldn't be surprised if Burial at Sea, sorry, fucking Rapture, was based at the bottom of the Atlantic. The same place. Yeah, yeah. the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Fuck me. My facts are all over the show. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be hard to put together. Um, yeah, so you get down there and you are like transported into this underwater city, which... I the for me the best part of the whole game is just the the, the location. Like Yeah, definitely. It's, it's the location of being at the bottom of the ocean, you see fish outside, I think you start off and you see a whale at the start of the game and you're like, Oh my god, like this yeah. whole city under the water. First off I thought about the logistics of getting a city down there must be hard work. Mm, yeah. Um which I think that's where the big daddies come into it. Yeah, and the uh the plasmids and stuff. Yeah. Yep, that, yep. That, that'll help with building that. Yeah. So yeah, Bioshock 1. Um, should, we, should we talk a bit about the story first? I'll just, just mention, like you mentioned, the look of it and stuff. This is one thing that I like with the whole Bioshock series. The fact that they're like period specific, the sci fi, but they look like they're from the 1960s. You know what I mean? It's like a, yeah. weird, a cool like, visual to it. So, um, Bioshock 1 was set in 1960. Yeah. Even to the point of like, I love the newer Wolfenstein games. But I feel like they've copied that idea completely. Wolfenstein, the the new New Blood, is set in like 1950 or something. But they've copied that Bioshock thing of the alternate. It's a sci-fi game. It's like an alternate 1950 kind of thing. But it's just it's a cool period look to it kind of thing. Minor, minor spoiler about Wolfenstein because I've never played it. But the um, there's supposed to be a gigantic robot Hitler in it. Ah, uh, that's the very old Wolfenstein I think. Oh, is that the old one? Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, so it's going to be a similar thing where it's it's. The aesthetics are yeah. old style, as if they had like set new technology in it. Exactly, yeah, like yeah. new technology, but in like an old period style. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's what you get in Bioshock One when you first go to Rapture. You see all this amazing scenery. Um, Story-wise, I loved Bioshock One. Um, yeah, it's like it's a bit complicated when you look at it. It so, is, but that's why it's so good, isn't it? The, yeah, like layers it, within layers kind of thing. The, yeah, there's so many layers to that story. Yeah. Um, so you get transported into Rapture, and the first thing you hear is like a voice, um, Atlas, I think you said it was yeah, called. Atlas. Yeah, Atlas. Um, he's like an Irish kind of like helpful voice, who, who, which you kind of you kind of figure out very... Not, you're not supposed to, but I think very quickly you start figuring out, yeah, this this guy's not... Yeah, uh, a yeah. bit uh, malevolent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, he's got his primary goal by the side. Well, what he tells you his primary goal at the beginning is, is to get you to safety so that you can help him get to his family and, you know, yep, yep, like save his family kind of thing. Um, and throughout the storyline, you you come across these little sisters and big daddies. Which... So the little sisters are these sort of messed up versions of girls where they have slugs in their stomach to harvest what they call Adam. Yep. Which is a... They never actually say what it is, do they? But it's Not like, really, no. It's kind of like a substance, almost. Yeah, like um, a... Uh, DNA-altering... Yeah, genetically enhancing substance. That's right, yeah. Like, so yeah. It's, it's DNA-altering substance that gives you access to abilities. That's the, yeah. the best way I can sort of explain that. Um, it's basically a video game shorthand for powers and you, you just get powers don't you yeah. and you need you need Adam to get powers yeah it's called splicing so you can get spliced and get these special powers so, which they call plasmids actually no are they, are they plasmids in Bioshock 1 Bioshock 1 they are plasmids what are they in infinite uh, 
oh, what are they called? Something different, aren't um, they? We use salts, don't you? Sorry, I should have asked that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that when we go to Infinite. Yeah. But, but the little sisters have um, like companions who, who protect them. Yeah. Got big daddies who are fucking these huge ass buddy robots with drills for arms and shit. Mm. Vigors, they're called Vigors in Infinite. Vigors, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, and they've got the big daddies. And, and like, I, I, I don't know if it's the main. Um, purpose of the entire game but like a big part of the game is to basically take out these big daddies so you can harvest the adam that you were just talking about so like the first time i encountered a big daddy they're the when you look at all the marketing for bioshock it just shows a big daddy yeah it's they are like the first time i met one i was just terrified by it because i was like how can i kill this yeah they do a good job of like building the suspense as well when yeah you, when you meet the first one kind of thing yeah it's just the way that the 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 sound they make sounds like a whale almost yeah but you can hear them vibrating from far away yeah i remember the first time i, I spotted one killing it was like genuinely like a great feeling because i was like i've managed to beat this incredibly hard enemy mm-hmm. whereas by the end of the game you're just killing them and going oh whatever <laughs> yeah. but the first time you do it it's like this is great so yeah, they're, they're basically the big daddies are genetically modified to have a relationship with the and protect the little sisters. Yeah, that's what they are, and um, to protect the Adam. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's what they are. They're almost like guardians down down in the bottom of the ocean, but they used to be construction workers and stuff like that for people you know for actually building the city yeah yeah um but we'll get on to more with that on bioshock 2 i'll just mention there the background to the game it's uh the guy who built rapture was called andrew ryan yep. is that right who built rapture and another guy called frank fontaine who was a bit of a gangster, gangster yeah. mafioso kind of guy was running uh like a syndicate within the company of uh using the little sisters to create adam is that right? And like, some the little sisters sort of harvest Adam, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, and then it caused a civil war between Ryan and uh, Frank Fontaine's genetically enhanced army kind of thing. So that, you, that's you, why when you turn up, the place is just ruined. Cause it's yeah, because like, there's been an almost civil war down yeah. between Frank Fontaine, Andrew Ryan. Yeah, um, but yeah, like as we said, Atlas is Frank Fontaine. Yeah, using an Irish accent. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, there's a part in Bioshock 1 where Atlas tells you about his family and how they need to get onto this submarine, and they're on this submarine, and they're saying, right, right, we can get out of this, and it gets blown up, basically. But Atlas makes you think that it's his family that's on there, but at the end of the day, none, it's not true. It's yeah. just not, not the, the real reason. Um, should we fast forward to when you meet Andrew Ryan? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Story-wise. So you, you you finally meet Andrew Ryan and basically you learn that you've been controlled the whole way. Yeah. <clears throat> You're Andrew Ryan's son. <laughs> so this is where I'm going to start throwing stuff in there and going, right, so this has been revealed. You're Andrew Ryan's son who sent you away as a child. There's a picture of you with like these little like wires and stuff all over you. Send you out knowing that this had happened one day the gist of it yeah and you come back and help save rapture type deal that yeah the, that's the gist of it isn't it and yeah so that's that's who you are you're jack ryan um 
<laughs> I like that Jack Ryan, like the uh, CIA hero. You know, the films are uh, Clear and Present Danger, Hunt right. October, that's, that, that's Jack Ryan <laughs> in those. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah um, so you basically end up taking down Atlas, who's become some kind of yeah. genetic... Like, uh, Overlord kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be worth mentioning there, though, the burial at the sea thing, about how that ties in before the Civil War. Do you remember, I mean, this is a really hazy for me, but uh, in that version of this universe, Booker and Elizabeth are both in rapture before the war breaks out. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, they both die before the war even happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's jumping ahead. Elizabeth dies in the start of... Elizabeth's like one of the main protagonists from Infinite. Yeah, she meets her death in Burial at Sea. In that, in that like timeline. Kind of yeah, in, yeah, in that, that timeline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's going to be difficult covering that stuff. Yeah, just um, wanted to mention that there because it ties in with the first Bioshock. But yeah, yep. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about the atmospheric music in Bioshock One. I yeah. think the music's a music for the whole series to be honest is just absolutely perfectly used so even the stuff that they've got licensed like that's all incredible and the best place to sort of music the music is basically centered around singing about your dad and stuff like it's usually like girls singing about the dad and all yeah. that sort of thing so that that's that's a constant through one and two where that's all used um sound design i want to talk about as well where it's just the whole game feels like perfectly sound design music like it all fits in perfectly the use of sound design when uh you go to somewhere that's a bit creepy and the music's a bit creepy so i'll come back to it later but there's a piano guy who plays piano and stuff and just just the notes that used and stuff it's just very odd it's just an unsettling feeling in a claustrophobic environment where you know you can't leave because you'll end up you know, drowned. <laughs> like, um, which is the one with a shark, a great white shark? Is that Bioshock Two? We've got like cross some underwater bit, and a shark swims past you. I, it definitely happens. I think in Bioshock Two. Two is that? I remember being terrified at that point where you've got to walk through like the, the seabed to get to. Oh bit god! Of yeah, yeah. No, it's Bioshock and the shark swims right past. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> the shark's followed by like a giant squid, and you're yeah. like, oh my god! <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll get on to that. Uh, yeah, like gameplay wise, though, talking about that on Bioshock One, I genuinely think the 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 game throughout the whole series, to be honest is kind of second to the story, but to a point where the gameplay's passable. It's not great. Like, especially Bioshock 1, I think it's actually got the worst gameplay of the three games. Where, do you know oh, the, do you think so? I, I, I still think it's better than 2, but... Yeah. See, I, I, I think two's a massive jump up. Mm. Um, but Bioshock 1, it, it's just... The use of plasmids and stuff, it, it's great, but I think me and Nick have spoken about this before. I used the electric at the start... And then literally just use the electric for ninety nine percent of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's not like it doesn't feel like it's it's worth swapping out and using a different one. You use the electric to open certain doors and stuff. So you end up just using it. Like I, I genuinely felt like the gameplay was, and this like I said, this will be a running theme through the games. The gameplay is just a vehicle to get the story across, but the gameplay is not great. It's fine, it's good, but it's not amazing. I think it's an infinite. I think it's a great like first-person shooter, infinite, like the controls infinite. and stuff, yeah. Well, I'm going to call you up on that. <clears throat> okay. I don't don't agree, but right. it's fine, but it's not great. Um, 
Well, in Bio- Bioshock 1, if you, if you go back all the way to 2007, did that come out? Yeah, 2007, yeah. Yeah, like, probably for the time it wasn't so bad, but... This is the thing, it's hard to call out first-person shooters for, like, gameplay, because things change so much. Like, if you mm-hmm. compare it to, like, what Call of Duty came out that year, was it, like, Call of Duty 4 or something? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you could compare yeah, yeah, it to yeah. that, it's like... That, I think I, that wouldn't it, hold up whatsoever kind of thing. It holds up well enough, do you know what I mean? Like, where yeah. I've played Time Splitters 2 recently, probably one of my all-time top 10, top 15 games, and the gameplay on that is hard because it's just not, it's not great. It's, yeah. You're going back to PS2 era, like, gameplay. Yeah. <clears throat> With Bioshock, I kind of feel like it just, it's just not not fantastic. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we're going to do ratings at the end of all three games, but Bioshock 1, top game. It is. Um, yeah. yeah, just Story. to mention as well. So, yeah. Sorry. It was the first game, I think, as well, to use, like, the, the audio tapes, uh, kind of MacGuffin, where you find audio tapes throughout, throughout the game. And listen to them to uncover the actual story itself. I didn't play it until after part two in like 2010 or something. So a few games had done it by that point, but it was the first game to actually introduce the the audio tape concept kind of thing. It, it does a great job of it. To yeah. Be honest. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump into Bioshock Two. We're gonna cover this one quickly because this one's not a Ken Levine game. So Ken Levine is the creative director. Yeah. As far as I know, he had very little to do with the second game. I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think it was yeah, just he was 2K working. Australia who did it or something. Um, 2K Marin, which is the California one. Ah, uh, right, okay. He was busy working on Infinite yeah, um, while Bioshock 2 was being made. But Bioshock 2 was generally held as the worst of the three, which, whilst I enjoy Bioshock 2, I do think I agree with. Yeah. Because you, you lose the... When you first go to Rapture in Bioshock 1, that's the draw like when you've already been there, yeah, it's not as a, it's not as it's not as like oh, yeah. <laughs> we're in Rapture at the bottom of the sea. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but again, Bioshock Two, I genuinely think, is a massive improvement on the first game's gameplay. <clears throat> like, I really the shooting and the guns and the plasmids. I was used a lot more variety of plasmids in the second game. Um, but it, so I, I've never played it, but um, you, you're a big daddy, are you in this one? So you're you're a Project Delta, and you're basically one like a a big daddy it's set eight years after the first game um your melee attacks like a drill because you're one of the big daddies <clears throat> um but like these big daddies can take and use plasmids yeah so you right. as one but you're like a special big daddy almost because you're becoming self-aware oh okay like you're, you're almost becoming like a were you, you basically got murdered like eight years earlier <laughs> and became a big daddy okay that's the gist of it yeah or you were a big daddy eight years ago sorry and then you were murdered and then find yourself awake again. By by Jack, was it? No, you're yeah, um I can't remember exactly how you're awoken, but you wake up with a connection with your daughter. Uh won't go into too many specific specifics about it, but <laughs> the daughter's the reason you're back moving around and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, you just go through the game. It's much more linear than the first game. It's one of the games where you finish one area, you're done with it, you're not going back. Yeah. So you're almost like on a train line towards the end of the game. So you go to a level, do that, come back out. Yeah, it's a lot more, uh, can't think of the word, it's not straightforward, but you know what I mean? It's literally from point A to B, isn't it, kind of thing. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but I don't mind that, me. Like, I'd rather have it the other way. My only issue with the first one is that the enemies come back to life every time, every time you've got to go through <laughs> yeah, the same yeah, bit yeah. again. But I'd prefer a big open world that you can just go through as opposed to... Levels almost. Yeah, as opposed to just literally made to be. Yeah. yeah. So Bioshock 2 is where they brought in the big sisters, which are the 
big daddy equivalents, but with female robot. Oh, really? Like, so they they're like big. They're called big sisters, and they're they're too pretty much r- r- like chaos. That's what they're creating. Um, they are they there to to protect the little girls? I can't remember. I can't remember. Honest, but, yeah. Like they. When you basically on this version, you can harvest or save the little girls again, but instead of just saving one in the first game, you can get them to collect Adam for you. And I managed to do the game by collecting, using getting all the girls to collect Adam and then releasing them. So it's a case where you go find a corpse that has got it, and the little girl goes and takes the Adam from the corpse. And whilst that's happening, all the other splices are coming after you at the same time. So it's 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 like. Probably more common than you think in first-person shooters, type where you've got to protect the zone. Yeah. You've got to go, right, don't let any of them near the girl while she's getting the stuff. And, yeah, whilst whilst I appreciated that game mechanic, it got a bit boring for me after a while. Yeah. With this one, was it, was it this one of the first ones that's quite trap-heavy, where, like, they give you loads of traps that you can, like, lay for, like, one of those encounters? So it's Bioshock 2, this. Is that, but is, is it 2 with the traps, or is yeah. that 1? Is it 2? Two? 2 two does have the traps in, like, trap rivets, where you have a yeah. rivet gun, which just shoots screws. <laughs> but you can have ones where they've got a laser on them, and then if someone walks into the laser, it shoots them, that type of thing. I remember I'm, one I want to know what your opinion is, is now you've brought that up. I just remember what, what, this is the thing, I can't remember which game exactly it was, where you know you come into a bit where you need to lay a million traps before you even start activating the actual boss fight kind of thing. I think it might have been two maybe, but... There's an element of that in the second one. I just remember one of them doing doing it a lot better than the other one did, trap-wise kind of thing. I think two do, does traps pretty well, so it's yeah. like you, you know that the body there can be harvested whilst you've got one of the little sisters with you. Lay all your traps, put a minigun down, and yeah. then like just you can just sit there and try and... Do your best with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely think Bioshock 2 is under, underrated. See, I don't think it's much that it's underrated. It's just that they're all amazing games. It's just not as good as the other two. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Like I put one in th- Infinite as like 10 out of 10 and I put two as like 9 out of 10 kind of thing. But Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm similar with that. It's like, The way I look at it is under, the second one, the story is pretty much, once you've done the story of the first game, yeah, Doing anything else down there is kind of like tagged on, it feels almost. Like the first one's so intricate, the plot to it and stuff, that two just doesn't have that kind of intricate plot into it that the first one has. It, it can't reach the same heights as the first yeah. game. You've already been to Rapture, which was already a Rapture-specific Rapture story. Mm. The place has already been ruined in the first game. So what can you actually do in the second game? Yeah, It's set years and years after the first game when it was already ruins. Mm. Like, I, I, I think it's it's... Playing those now, <clears throat> like it's it's a top game. That the gameplay yeah, is yeah, better than great, the first yeah. one. Like that's how I see it. Um, but like I said, I experimented more with the plasmids in the game. Used to fire a lot more. That was that was useful. Um, yeah, that that's all. That's all we should really cover on Bioshock Two to then move on to Infinite. Yeah, try and, um, try and cover that. In yeah, fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Infinite. Then let's talk about that. Um, now this one, like. Obviously, I've not completed one yet. Never played two, but this one, like I, I, from start to finish, like 
I remember, like, obviously, because work and stuff, like, you don't have all the time to play it, but I'd, I'd be itching to get home just to play this game I'd, because I wanted to get on and finish yeah. this game. You know what I mean? And then when I finished the game, I was so distraught. I was like, right, what can I do now? <clears throat> and then I found out there was DLC online, but I'm buying the DLC. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna get, get that and play that because I just wanted to carry on playing this game forever, you know what I mean? I had that feeling. I bought it on the weekend it came out and completed it in a weekend, which for me is, like, unheard of kind of thing. Up till two AM on the Sunday to complete it, and yeah, <laughs> loved the, it that much. The gist of the game is you um, go to the lighthouse again, punch in some code on the bells, which I'll come back to. But you then get transported into the air and land in Colombia, which is a seceded state almost, mm. ran by Zachary Comstock. Comstock, yeah, um, who is the ruler of the place and. Set fifty years before Bioshock One, so eighteen ninety three or something like that, or nineteen twelve. It's set, so it's forty eight years before Bioshock One. Um, and and in this timeline, there's a uh, oh sorry, in this oh, game, use the word timeline. <laughs> I mean, in this game, there's a uh, it's it's not like a derelict place, is it? It's it's quite a, like a bustling, yeah, thriving. Yeah, it's yeah. in in. Uh, like it's the opposite of the first game, isn't it? Where this is a bustling thing before it's, it's it like goes wrong. Ta- it's like yeah, it's like a city with like people like going to shops and uh, mm. hanging out at cafes and stuff like that. It's and you're just doing what you did in the first one, just in that environment kind of thing. Like I'm just thinking now. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm misremembering this, but thinking about it, I think this has got a big Westworld feel to it. Where like there's like a Wild West world and there's like a future world almost. I can, I can see Each the zone's comparison. got a different kind of... I'm sure there's like a Wild West one where you go like in the saloon doors and stuff. Again, I'm... Like five I, years I, ago I, I, I do it, actually remember this, yeah. I do remember. I'm sure it's like a Wild West-like I remember location. the Wild West one. And there's like a futuristic one with like... I think there was different areas. Yeah. There was like... There was different areas, but... With like a different feel I, to I, them, I, I don't think it was supposed to be like... Um, Westworld kind of thing. It was just kind of oh, not so much completely do, do different. You know, just you know, like just that each area had its own unique feel. Well, to I it think that's what it was. Do you know, like in Manchester, you get like um, Chinatown. I think it's just yeah. basically that. You've got like your, your Western town and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll we'll talk a bit about Colombia then. It's it's quite accurate for American exceptionalism, which were back in the day in 1912 anyway. Things like racism are very apparent in the first half of the game. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, there's a racial commentary on how white people go to one bathroom, black people and Irish people go to <laughs> a different one. I obviously didn't realise that Irish were so persecuted back in 1912. Mm. But um, the first half of that game is very centred on that type of thing. Well, I've just remembered something now I'm talking about it. The bit where you have the option to throw a stone at a black couple on the stage. Yeah, yeah. I th- I tried to throw it, but they won't like they don't like you do it. <laughs> Did you try and throw it? No, I tried like. to. Somebody grabs your hand and stops you from doing it. So right, yeah, yeah. I just remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, that 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 that's how things covered. I, I don't, <laughs> covered I don't know what that says about you, Jim. But... <laughs> well, you meet them later on in the game, and they, you know, the beach. Yeah, you meet that couple again, saying you want to help you and stuff. Obviously, it didn't come to your. Maybe end, I didn't because you tried to throw rocks. <laughs> But yeah, it, it doesn't hold back in that sense where like some of the language that's used in the game, it's very like, 
you can get away with it in the context they used it in. Yeah. Because it's almost like it's 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 actually really sincere the way they've done it. It's mm. like they they're not exploiting it. They're just showcasing what it actually would have been like in a flying city in nineteen eighteen with like racism and and yeah, it added a lot for me for for the first half of the game. Yeah, it drops off in the second half. The racism just doesn't come into it. It's just ignored. <laughs> but like when they're setting the setting the actual scene of the place, like you know. I've got to say, I think they do all the world building early on, and then it's just after that, like, just going nuts Stuff, kind of thing, yeah. like, yeah, just... Kind of a shoot them up after that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, with being a shoot them up I kind of, I kind of feel it, that it sometimes felt like just mowing down enemies for the sake of mowing down enemies. So in the first game, you look at the enemies and go, all right, these are all spliced up people who just corrupted after time and just drugs and stuff. Mm. In the third one, in Infinite... Just felt a bit soulless. Just the enemies were just, oh look, I'm a soldier. I'm trying to kill you. Oh look, I'm a policeman. I'm trying to kill you. Like it didn't. It it just didn't. It didn't resonate with me as much as the first two games did. That's why I kind of look at it and go. Whilst I said this previously about the other ones, this is the most obvious one where this the gameplay has been used for as a vehicle for the story, whereas they could have just done a film similar to this game. The <laughs> gameplay is kind of throwaway and. It's difficult for me to look at a game and go, this is one of the best games ever, if the gameplay isn't actually as good as the story means it should be. Like, I know yeah. you disagree because so I don't really enjoyed... agree with that. But I think the gameplay is great. Like, it. But, but the... again, it's five years ago when I played it. So. Yeah, yeah. You know. no, I'm, I'm playing it now. I kind of felt like the gameplay was second to the story, which is fine, but mm. it felt like the when you're playing a first-person shooter, the shooting should be... Top grade, but I think it was for 2013. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was. I played like last Call of Duty, <coughs> I played was Modern Warfare 2. The shooting on that was good. Oh, it's not anymore. Like, <laughs> well, you played more Modern Warfare 2. Uh, Modern Warfare 2, none of the Call of Duty games age well. Like, no, I suppose not. But when you go back and play them again, you're like, even stuff like, do they call it like motion bob or something when you when you move and the gun bobs yeah, around yeah. and stuff? A lot of those old games don't even have that on it. So you go back and play it now and you're like, <laughs> just little stuff like that that you don't you realize that. You never had. You're like, oh my god, I cannot even get into this game anymore. You know, yeah, just little yeah. things like that. Like, I just, yeah, no, I just, I just think the gameplay wasn't. It was good, but mm. it wasn't like you can't put it down and go ten out of ten gameplay. It, personally, like for, for me, for a first person shooter, I wouldn't expect it to be from for a five year old game. You know what I mean? It's never got to be a great first person shooter. I don't, but I, the, I, I, the, I the genre's moved on so much in five years that I know, but it's a genre that I don't play. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I suppose, so when yeah. I was playing, I was like, "I've I've played better shooters than this in the past, and it's not a genre I particularly like." Yeah, it's like Goldeneye. People love Goldeneye, but you play that now, and it's like absolute turd. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> yeah. Um, talk about the powers as well. The gold vigors in this game, not plasmids. Barely used them until about eighty percent through the game. Like literally, just until I leveled up my plasmid meter. Couldn't be bothered. Just did didn't seem necessary. It, the 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 effects were cool the way you look at your hands and stuff it's like the burning mm-hmm. ones the weirdest were you look at your hands the first time you get that vigor and your hands burn away and you see like the bones and stuff that's messed up yeah. and I was like oh my god some of the hand animations <laughs> are crazy yeah but personally barely used them and it didn't feel it didn't feel like it it, it felt like it had to be there, but it didn't feel as emphasized as it could have been mm. you could have had more use for that type of thing but that's me being overly critical of something because i'm sure people have used that because you could chain them together you use two different ones together yeah and go i'll use this one to jump over and then i'll use this one to to knock them it's like i didn't even realize that was in the game i must have missed 
something that tells you how to use that sort of thing. But. Yeah. It's worth mentioning as well, like they changed loads of the game on the fly as they were making it. When you look at the first E3 trailers from like 2010, the game was totally different. Like Elizabeth was like attacking people with you and stuff and they went back and just realised they couldn't get it to work so they took all that out kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting to go back and look at the original trailers from 2010 because it was such a different game originally and they didn't have to tone a lot of it down just to make it work, basically. Like, yeah, you know. no, I, I remember watching... I, I watched one of the first trailers recently, the announcement trailer. Mm. It's very different. Yeah. It showed a lot of stuff that made it to the final game but edited, mm-hmm. heavily edited from that first original trailer. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about visuals. So I'm going to tag on Burial at Sea here as well. Um, but when when you first go to Columbia and you walk out of the sort of chapel area and you Columbia opens up and you can see the sky and all the castle, not castles, all the townhouses and stuff that's like flying around. I genuinely was stunned. Like the first like minute, there's a big statue in front of you and then you see all these flowing things around you. The... I think they're using God rays, you know, like that special lighting. Yeah. I was just blown away by it. I was like, this is incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember it looking amazing and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. it, it looks amazing. Going back to the look, look of the game, there's weird things with this one where it gives me like a nostalgic feeling and I don't know why. <laughs> I can't put my finger on why it does. It's the hazy kind of feel to it, I think. Like a weird, like, forgotten memory or something. I told you in work, the bit where you're on the beach and they've got these weird, like, coin-operated arcade games in the sand. And I just had such a weird, like, de- feeling of deja vu, as if, like, I've lived that moment or something. But, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It has this weird nostalgic feel to it. But it's, it's like, we're, like, moving on from that nostalgic feeling, it's like they've got newer music in there, set in olden time style. So yeah. girls just want to have fun. There's an organ version of that in the game. Mm. So it's just all these little points that you'll hit in your head. And it's just mad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're a bit pushed for time, but just talking about characters, the yep. Lutesses I really liked. So they're the two twins that not twins, but like the same person from two different universes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but the way they talk to each other is just mental. Yeah, um, and they're the ones who introduce you to the lighthouse at the start, aren't they? Yeah, but they, this is what I wanted to bring up this fact earlier on. You know when you go into the lighthouse at the top and you have to ring a code? It's like you ring your one on the left yeah, once yeah. and then the second one twice and then the third one twice. It's basically one, two, two. So the theory is that this is his 122nd attempt through you know the yeah, travelling yeah. universes to actually get it right. <clears throat> to actually get it right and bring yeah. down Comstock, yeah. But then if you couple that with <clears throat> with the Lutesses bringing them into it, there's a scene where he flips a head and uh, flips a coin heads or tails. He's got a chalkboard on him. Says how many heads? How many? Head, yeah, there's always yeah. been heads and never tails. Yeah, yeah. There's like 120, 22 like heads on there. Yeah. So it's like they've done this that many times. That many times. So your playthrough is like the 122nd, 123rd version mm. of the game. I love that. Yeah. It's mental. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I'll okay. just chuck in there as well. Like one of the reasons why I love the game so much and I can't wait to play it again is the character of Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, she's just an amazing, I thought she's just an amazing character. And like, I like the Burial at Sea version of her as well, which is a bit like a bit more of a kind of malevolent version of Elizabeth. See, I, I don't. Really? I, oh, no, yeah. I love that, yeah. I feel, I feel like Burial at Sea was an unnecessary DLC package. Oh, really? I, I, f- I felt like they should have left it at the end and just left you with questions. Like, no answers, just oh, questions. No, 
I really like that. Just the fact it ties into Bioshock 1 and stuff. And, but yeah, just that character. I just think it's a really well-developed, rounded character that, you know, feels real kind of thing. Well, like in that DLC package as well, we are talking about visuals before, like, Nick, you, you saw me playing on the game and it tells you what, what game you play in. Yeah. And literally it said on my game, Bioshock enjoying the view. <laughs> and it was just, it was because Nick was watching me at the exact moment that I was looking out a window at a giant blue whale. I was just stunned by it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this game looks incredible. <laughs> like, I, no, I wasn't, wasn't too, wasn't too that fussed with, with the DLC on it. I kind of wish they just finished it. Like all the stuff at the end of Bioshock Infinite with the, strange timelines and various like yeah. dimensions and stuff that we're not going to go to get into on this episode but like yeah it's just a lot going on there mm. do you know the burial at sea one like i'm gonna i want to ask him because i want to know the answer but i feel like it might be a tiny spoiler if you've not played the one i'm talking about but i'm gonna say it anyway um is that the one where you're, you're controlling elizabeth that's part two of yeah burial at, sea. Uh, burial at sea yeah that's one I, I i i'm the same as you then i i didn't like that game yeah, I wasn't too um, I, I I couldn't be like when 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 it became like becoming like playing as Elizabeth, I was like, I can't be bothered. But and, and bear in mind, like I was gagging to play more of that game after the game finished. And then when it came to that, I was like, I just can't be bothered. I, I I totally agree with that. The first part, I was like, okay, this is fine. And then the second one, when you play as Elizabeth, I was like, this is answering too many questions. I just kind of wish they'd finished it with the end of Infinite, where. Yeah. We should probably talk about the end a little bit. Yep. But the ending basically ends with you being drowned at the at wounded knee because yeah. the timeline splits off at that point where you either become Booker DeWitt, the investigator with the child Anna, mm-hmm. who is Elizabeth, or Zachary Comstock, who creates Columbia. Yeah. Like that's the bit where you find out the the final revelation of the game is that you are the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. From like an alternate. Which blew my mind when I, when I played it. Yeah. Like a fantastic end to that game. That's show... also the ending of Infamous as well. Just thought about that. Is it? You ever played Infamous? Well, I don't need to now. Well, it's, <laughs> it's 10 years old, but yeah. the first game, you're, you're the bad guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, but for me, I mean, I, I'm not read the Dark Tower series at the time or knew anything about it, but the ending is clearly a rip-off of the Dark Tower. The whole thing of each yeah. lighthouse is a different universe. Well, that's it. Every, that's every, the Dark Tower is, like, basically. The, the quote was like, you know, every city, a lighthouse and a man. Yeah. Like, it's all linked in. Yep. With all multiverse theories. Mm. Which, yeah, we haven't got time to go into this week, but yeah, like, infinite for me. Amazing game. Yeah. Right, just, just incredible. Um, one final note I wanted to mention that there's... People have made out that it's an Easter egg, but it's not an Easter egg. But in the first game, you can actually hear Songbird. So it's the same sound you hear when Songbird like makes a noise. And it just happens to be in the first game in this creepy piano, the creepy bit with the guy playing the piano. If you, if you turn all the music off and all the dialogue and everything, you can hear it in the background and it's just the exact sound. And obviously they've got a sound library <laughs> that they can pull from. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> the idea that in your own head you can make out the idea that Songbird was for some reason in Rapture just blows my mind mm. even though it's not got, it's not what you mean the... it's just dead cool yeah. but yeah um, well I see you find out that Booker and Elizabeth are both in Rapture aren't they, don't you before that yeah so, yeah you're yeah, true yeah so yeah. it's like you're looking and go well Songbird could have been there yeah which Songbird's got like I think and we're talking about best characters I think Songbird might actually be the best character just, just the way that it all ends with what the big giant thing that attacks the barge at the end uh, yeah, the big song birds and yeah. the big bird. And the very end in Rapture, you see it 
basically drowning. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah. The saddest, course, most yeah. poignant part <laughs> yeah. of the game. It's like, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, when you actually find yourself in rapture in Infinite, which is insane anyway. Yeah. And then you see Songbird dying. Just, just yeah, dead poignant. Yep. And um, we're going to wrap it up there because we're running low on time. But uh, ratings for the game, I'm actually going to give all three of the games probably five stars. All three of them. Including yep. the second one, which I think is underrated. And the first one, which sometimes I think might be a bit overrated, but I do actually absolutely love it. So yeah, five stars for all three of the games for me. I Nick. can't talk for two, but um, and for all of one, but I will <laughs> give one and three five stars for what I've played. Yeah, I'll give all three five. Yeah. On a five star rating, they're all five stars. Just incredible. So. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, Bioshock 4 recently, information about that leaked out recently where it's been developed by a top secret 2K studio See, in San Francisco. I was thinking about this, because you, you were talking before about, I know we're Bit strapped for time, but I'm gonna go on this one. Um, you were talking before that like number two wasn't as it wasn't as good because um it's basically just number one again um in the same thing and you've already been there. Like if they're gonna do a third one, well sorry a fourth one, um surely they're gonna have to go for a different area altogether. They the problem <clears throat> with the ending of Infinite is they managed to make a massive ending which also leaves no room for any sequels or anything because you can... The the ending of Infinite also like almost makes Bioshock 1 and 2 irrelevant because you just say, well, it's just in that timeline, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think you could do another sequel, though, just in a different, from a different lighthouse. Similar to what we said about Westworld before, though, I'm worried but would, that but would a fourth the, game will ruin it. Mm. But would, I mean, I, I agree. I don't. I think they should definitely leave it where it is. But um, if they were doing it, like, they, they can't go to Rapture again. They can't do Columbia again because, like you say... Um, um, you go to them areas again, then it's it's not like the wow factor that you've had at the beginning of both of them games. So where so, where would they set it? That's what I mean. Like space. They, they, that's what I mean. They've been underwater. They've been in the sky. Like what they're going to do in between on fucking land. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, my, I jokingly said space. Then it wouldn't surprise me no, if they did like know, yeah. Bioshock in space. Yep. But I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm looking forward to more information about that. Like it's it. Ken Levine these days has left. He's the creative director. He's got Ghost Story Games now, which is a stripped-down version of Irrational Games. Yeah, that, that was me more than anything, that he's not going to be doing yeah, it. Yeah, but he, he had nothing to do with Bioshock 2 when I was fine with Bioshock 2. Yeah. But, but like I say, Bioshock 2 was only so good because they used the engine of Bioshock 1 that his team yeah. created, you know what I mean? And then the, the history of that world. Yeah. They'd have to yeah. build something from scratch now. And yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Ken, Ken Levine's in Ghost Story Games and he, he's left to... Not left, but he's, he's more or less got that studio now to make smaller games. Because you said bigger games were too stressful, almost. Yeah, well, Bioshock Infinite lost money. Like it was, well, that, it was that yeah. expensive to make that it didn't make its money back. It sold, sold millions of copies. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was massively successful. Massively successful. It just didn't make enough to break even yeah. at the time, and that's why his team went from a team of ninety down to fifteen. Irrational, because yeah, ninety yeah, fifteen couldn't justify it anymore. <laughs> uh, it's twenty five now. Just right. Straight back version for smaller games where I think his storytelling might be better suited. Yeah, because like I said. As I said multiple times, the the style of game has only ever been a vehicle for the story. And if he constricts more on the story, you might get a better game out of it. You never know. Yep. Right, okay. Let's finish off there because we're off to Mr. Cat's Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where we're going. Yep. Um, yeah. Could be a laugh. Yeah, should be good. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll let the listeners know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been Joe. I've been Nick. And I'm John. And we'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.